0: Welcome back to another Share Your Light episode. I absolutely love doing these because it's a chance to not only build community, but to showcase some truly, truly amazing people that we, we can find, that we can connect with, that may resonate with what we're looking for or what we do. I'm also hoping that some of these episodes may be a catalyst for you to look within yourself and say, what can I do to help? What can I do to raise the vibration or step more fully into my own power, light, and purpose? And today, I'm really, really, really thrilled to have Jody Goddard join us. Jody is a highly accomplished individual with a diverse range of skills and experiences. Jody attended the University of Calgary, where she obtained a bachelor's degree in marketing and tourism. She's passionate about traveling, nature, animals, and the metaphysical. She worked several corporate gigs in the marketing field, but was never very happy in that environment. Her passion for travel led her to escape on a solo adventure to New Zealand and South Africa. After coming back and working in corporate again, she started a family and decided to try her hand at a network marketing company to be able to stay home with the kids. That never really took off, but was an integral part of her journey. Her father passed away unexpectedly in 2009, and that sent her on a sideways journey of connection. Many synchronicities and many different paths all converged to lead to the path of energy healing and mediumship. Thank you so much for coming on with me today, Jody. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Now, see, you learn so much about people because I never knew about the solo travel. And that adventure, that sense of, you must have found a part of yourself out on that journey that was just like new to who you were, like really gives you a strength to always go back to. I think solo travel, solo adventures, it it changes you, changes you forever.
1: For sure it does. Yeah. And I've always been kind of a person that doesn't like to put myself out there. I've always like hidden behind my mom's legs, you know, kind of the shy Mm -hmm. person. And so I've tended to push myself to do things like this. And I really wanted to go to Africa really, and I never knew I, how I would get there. So I decided I'm going to go volunteer with baboons and like be their surrogate moms for a bit. And maybe I'll meet someone there and we'll travel together. And then I decided maybe I'll start off in New Zealand because it's more of a safe, mm-hmm. <laughs> safe place. So I had my fun in New Zealand and then went off to to work with the baboons and a game sanctuary. And I did end up meeting people. We did go traveling. That's actually where one of my intuition peak came out. Well, at one point, we were traveling in Mozambique. We had just gone to get get some money out of the bank machine, and the girls that I was with were flashing this fifty dollar bill around like a U.S. fifty dollar bill. I'm like, "You guys, stop it! Stop it!" Like <laughs> we're in the poorest place ever. <laughs> and so they're kind of off in front. And this little guy, he was probably a teenager. Like they all wanted a drink from our water bottles. That's how poor it was. And so he kept following us. And I was like, I know there's something up with this kid and he's going to do something. I don't know what he's going to do. But anyway, he ended up getting me kind of separated from my two friends, asked for my bag and asked me, you want to die? Like he was, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like scary. And I had my passport and everything because I didn't want to leave it in the hotel. But I also knew I didn't want to be stuck in Mozambique. So I was not giving my bag to him. I ended up just giving him some cash out of my bag. And he went, he was happy with that and went away. But when we went back and told the people of the hotel, they were like, you're so lucky because they don't care about life here. Like They don't value life the way we value life. You're just another aunt, basically. They'll just stomp you out. Wow. Yeah, I, I could just feel him though in the background, like he was. I could feel that something bad was going to happen. Right, and so how old were you when that happened? Twenty-four.
0: Uh, oh, so you you're young. Yeah, you're young, and to be traveling, and also to be traveling with people. Yes, you met them, but they weren't people that you knew forever that would be always have your back, and that's that's scary.
1: Mm-hmm. What was it like working with the baboons? Oh, that's super fun. <laughs> it was okay. They're just little ones, and they, they got separated generally, their mothers. So baboons down there are like raccoons here, and they're mm-hmm. just pests and they get into everything. And so the farmers end up shooting the mums, and if the babies are on the mums, the mum dies, obviously, and the baby's still alive. So they take the baby and give it to this sanctuary where mm-hmm. they're raised with humans for a few months, and then they get put with another troop. So it was fun, oh, yeah. yeah. Smelly, wow, but,
0: <laughs> but what an amazing adventure. And I bet that that helped like develop more intuition too, because you're so connected with nature and with animals and with the natural world. Did you feel anything similar working with the baboon babies as you would with like when you interact with people on an energetic level?
1: I'd say, yeah, and and I'd say it's almost like you know Caesar Milan, who's like in yeah the dog whisperer. Yeah. It's all, they, they read your energy, right? So it's all about how you come in. If you come in, they're terrified that this baboon's going to bite you because they mm-hmm. had different age ranges, and there was a couple biters. <laughs> if you come in, they're going to know that you're the weak link, and they're going to go after you. So it, it is. You do have to measure your energy level and make sure that you're calm. And
0: that's so fascinating from an objective perspective having that sense of adventure, that need for travel, that desire that was so strong that brought you to those circumstances, it feels like those were precursors to the work that you're doing now because it is about reading energy. It's about being aware in an unfamiliar environment. It's about learning to acclimate to a culture or a place that you might not understand the language or the what the expectations are. So that led you into corporate, which it amazes the hell out of me how many people end up doing metaphysical work or healing work or energy work that had a really strong stint in corporate or very practical, very linear, very grounded. One of the things you talk about on your on your website, which is absolutely beautiful, at jodygoddard.com, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes, is the difference between, say, Reiki and energy work. So what is the difference? Because I think a lot of people clump them all together.
1: Yeah, I I think that most people think of Reiki when they think of energy work. And a lot of my clients that come here say, oh, thanks for the Reiki. And I'm like, I didn't do Reiki. <laughs> 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 yeah, I I liken it to that uh, Reiki is, I almost feel like it's a secret society where you have to draw these, symbols and you're 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 far more opened up to the esoteric and you're putting energy into the body and the energy knows where knows where to go and it's a beautiful beautiful process um whereas the the types of energy work that I do which is bioenergy healing and Eden energy method it's more about taking the the blockages out of your energy field so bioenergy removes blockages from your chakras So that the natural energy can just flow more freely. And these could be blockages you have no clue about. Like they could be from a past life. They could be from this life. They could be from a physical altercation. More often than not, though, chronic illness and pain is from an emotional trauma that happened when you were younger. Do you find
0: more blockages in highly sensitive people or empathic people?
1: I would say yes. The one that I can think of is a, a young girl that came to see me and she was highly, highly anxious. You wouldn't think that she was sensitive, but she was totally super sensitive. And uh, she came to see me and she was very anxious. And I said, how how are you doing? Well, I have a test today and Friday and I don't think I'm going to do this well, blah, blah, blah. And the, and the mom was like, easy, because the mom came in with, <laughs> with her. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I said, okay, well, we'll just try this bioenergy. We'll see how it goes. And um, you let me know how you're feeling. Well, the minute I started, she could feel it moving. She's and this is what happens generally when you're working with energy is sometimes you feel nothing, sometimes you feel great and you can feel it moving, and sometimes you might feel sick. I was gathering the energy around and starting to work, and she was like, I think I'm gonna throw up. I think I gotta sit down. Like it was hitting her very, very hard. So that was kind of a learning moment for me, like just to slow down. Not everybody's like me that can just go with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure, there's definitely sensitive people out there.
0: Okay. I would also think if someone has repressed it or blocked it or or hidden it from themselves, that would also cause that kind of a reaction because I think a lot of people have either because they were little when a, an initial trauma or event happened or because they've needed to power through it in their everyday life. To me, that's akin to shamanic work when you start pulling away the layers to find where that core root really hooked in. And one of the things I love, love, love about your work is that you combine different modalities. So yes, you you have very, very extensive training with the Eden Method, with the bioenergy, but you also bring in your own intuition and your connection with the natural world in your in your sessions, which I think is, well, you know my opinion on that, is make it yours and it's going to have more uh, impact than if you just follow it the other way, like whatever's been spoon-fed. Uh, so to to jump topics, when your dad passed unexpectedly, and that's my father passed unexpectedly many, many years ago. And I think that there is a a shock that comes with that, that leaves so many unanswered questions and so much, it's a different kind of pain than if you've been able in grief than if, than if you've been able to prepare yourself for it. So you mentioned that that's where some synchronicity started to happen in your life. Could you talk about that for a second?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always been, always my whole life, been interested in ghosts and metaphysical and stuff like that. Always. But when my dad died, so it was weird because I thought I had just watched The Secret and I didn't want my sister going near him because she had all this negative energy with her and she was going to bring him, oh, he's so sick and whatever. And she's just going to bring him down. And I thought, Okay, we need to go in there with like love and light and think of he- think healing thoughts and he'll be all right. mm-hmm. <laughs> And he was he like he did last a bit longer than he probably should have, but that's where I bought my first energy healing book was healing hands cuz I thought, "Oh, I'll just go sit in the hospital and like I had no clue what I was doing." Right. <laughs> just go sit and put my hands on him. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Well, he what he wasn't fine, but I don't know. I just remember like he waited for my other sister to come before he passed away. And I think that that happens a lot
0: where someone who's passing will wait for someone to come in or they'll they'll need that, that to, to release and let go and say, okay, now that I've seen my children or now that I've said goodbye or now that, and they'll, It's interesting how many times I've heard that story of someone was flying across the country and made it to the hospital right on time, or someone was in hospice and was expected to pass, but waited a couple extra days. And then other times it doesn't work that way. And it's not because they didn't want to hang around and see you. It was just part of the life plan that they, my my own personal belief that they leave at that time.
1: Yes. He had four kids. So he waited for the last kid to turn up um and i believe that he just knew it was his time he knew he knew what was going to happen he had a dream that he was sent home from the hospital to die he was very into the dream world i don't know if he was into metaphysical stuff but but he was he would believe certain things like this and all along the path of my mediumship development he comes in strongly and as a big supporter of mine like as a A teacher from the other side. And to be honest, I feel like I know, this is weird, but I feel like I know him better now than I did when he was alive. Like it's, I have a great relationship with him.
0: Okay. That makes absolute perfect sense to me because my mother's also passed and there were some, some things and my relationship with her has grown and evolved since she's been in spirit in a way that it probably never could have if she was still here in her physical body. So I think that that was a beautiful, beautiful point to bring up is that when someone passes, we can still do the work of healing, of connection, of allowing them to come forward. And one of the things I'm working on right now is trying to build connections with people in my ancestral line that I don't know a lot about. And that's a beautiful part of mediumship is you can still meet them, you can still know them, and and I know you're, you're a damn good medium. So I think that that's wonderful that you get to experience that for yourself as well.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I really love that. And a lot of my ancestry has come through too. I'm of Icelandic heritage and the Viking is strong in my blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I never really thought about it beyond them being like crazy guys who conquered the seas. They actually had like shamanic healers in the Viking world. And I recently heard that that's part of where my interest in shamanism and healing comes from is that ancestral part of it. So it's really cool.
0: And there are some beautiful, beautiful things in the Viking culture that are the lore, the depth, the, the, the honoring, the connection with nature. It is so fascinating. Something that I love about that is that's a very different shamanic connection and path than say, you know, the South American jungle or the plains of Mongolia, or, you know, that that's unique to you and your heritage. It's incredible. Okay, now I'm going to jump back again. With the energy healing, with the Eden method, there must be a medical intuition component with that. So I have a, a dear friend, i One of my favorite people in the world, and someone close to her is really struggling with a major health issue. And I know the rule for me is, and for a lot of us, is you cannot give healing or offer healing unless someone has asked for it. Could you talk about that for a second?
1: Yeah, I didn't know that before I started. I just thought you could give it to whoever. Like I was going to lay my hands on my dad, right? Right. (laughs) Um, You're playing in someone's energy field, and that's quite a personal field to be in. And so would you really want some random doctor that didn't know you to come in and be like, "Oh, let me apply this cream on your cheek. It'll help you." You'd be like, "Get away from me." So that's <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of where where it's at. Is you you need to have permission from the person to to play in their energy field, and not play but assist. And that goes back to
0: what you said a few minutes ago. If someone is going to have a strong reaction where they may not feel anything. They may feel a big shift in energy. They may feel physically ill. If they're already depleted from some kind of a physical illness or something going on in their life, and if you get in there and muck around, that seems like it could be detrimental rather than helping.
1: I think if you get in there and muck around and you don't have permission, it could be detrimental. I do believe that when you're working with the highest good and the best Intention and you have permission, even though the person may feel sick at the time, it's actually a good thing because it means that the energy is moving and things are shifting and it's actually beneficial. So I don't think energy work can ever really hurt you, Mm -hmm. but it does need to be practiced with a certain level of reverence.
0: Oh, I love that. And I also love that you have training in modalities so that you have a strong background. And this is something that troubles me a little bit is people will take a two-hour online workshop and consider themselves an expert in any given field, but especially when you get into the level of work that you're talking about, to not have a strong foundation or to understand the dynamics of why it's happening and what you're you're actually going in to do. So I, I do love that. What's the difference between the bioenergy and the Eden method?
1: Um, So the bioenergy is essentially the person is standing almost the whole time, and you're working to remove blockages from each of the chakras. So it's very chakra-focused, and it can get in deep to some things that, like if you want some powerful healing, that's the one to go for. Eden method is very gentle it incorporates the nine different energy systems. It's based more in the traditional Chinese medicine where there's acupressure points that you're pushing and meridians and, and you do some uh, muscle testing. So you can see individual results from the muscle testing and what each person is going through. So not everybody's the same. Whereas the bioenergy, it's like, this is the formula, you do this. You do that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: For people who may not know, what, what is muscle testing? How does that work?
1: So it, essentially, it is a person sticks out their arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I ask a question, and the muscle tells me the truth. So I can say, is your name Sarah? And their arm will go weak. Is your name Denise? Your arm will stay strong. So you can ask questions about the health of different meridians. You can ask questions about the health of different chakras, about different organs. And the the body knows, the body keeps score and will tell you.
0: And I've, I've had this done. I've done work where I've had energy testing done and being a stubborn person, or we can shift that to being tenacious and having a lot of perseverance. It all means the same thing. It's a little uncomfortable when you realize how Integrated, we are. That's the to me. That's the real example of body, mind, spirit. How interconnected it all is. Because you may want to move your arm, or you may want to push against it, and it's not about you at that point. It's not about your mind controlling it. It's about your body saying, "No, it's my turn to to let you know what's actually going on here." And as mediums, as intuitives, that's one of the things we talk about a lot. Is use your body as a barometer and it will help you discern what's coming through for information. So how does that mesh with your mediumship and your intuition? Because, oh, before I go there, and I could see where you could do the bioenergy work in person or remotely. Is the Eden work just in person or is, that, is there a remote, remote component to that as well?
1: Uh, you can do it remotely, but I I only do it in person. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, And I could see why, because that feels more, uh, both feel like there's a level of vulnerability for the person that you're working with. And even though we've never met in person energetically, you hold space for people beautifully. And I could see in that environment where you're doing muscle testing or the nine different centers, there needs to be trust for the practitioner,
1: Mm -hmm. which feels
0: really, really important.
1: And what else I love about it is that I do incorporate medical intuition in there just before they come in. I just tune in and see what I can see in terms of their body and their energy field. It's not so much diagnosing anything. It's just finding areas of the body where there might be like a darker spot. Maybe there's a blockage in that spot. Maybe this meridian is not flowing as well as it could be. When I do the energy medicine in person, I can then say, okay, this is what I got beforehand. Let's muscle test you and see if I'm right.
0: How do you perceive the blockages? Do you see it, sense it, just know it?
1: Usually I see I see it. I see like a an image of their body in my mind's eye, and I can see areas of their body that okay. might so be a bit darker.
0: This is a really simplistic example. But when I used to work with little tiny kids, one of the things we would do was we would trace them on like craft paper, and then they would put their eyes and things on there. And that's what just flashed in my mind was almost like an outline of a person. And then you're able to use your clairvoyance and kind of sense where there might be a blockage or an issue. So even if someone came in saying, I'm really having issues with my lower GI tract, but you're catching something up around their heart or their throat chakra, you would know where you needed to start, where the root might be. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. See, that makes more sense to me now. So thank you. Yeah. You explained this beautifully, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) For me, if you are destined in such a strong word for this, if you're really, you have a, a strong calling to do this type of work there are usually stepping stones along the way that lead you in that direction. So what were some synchronicities or some things that you felt energy medicine really calling out to you?
1: So with the network marketing company that I was with, I had a friend who was in it and we did in-home parties. Well, one one day um, it was snowing really badly. She was from New Zealand and was not comfortable driving to this party. So I said, okay, I'll go help you. I'll just go drive. I should never have been there because it was not my party. It was hers, whatever. So we go to the party and the woman who owned the house, she was, she didn't do the, her daughters were doing the party, but she was there and she was the acupuncturist, the energy medicine teacher for my area. So we had a good conversation about that. So I thought that was crazy. And then another time out of the blue, I was out for coffee with my cousin and her mom, who had traveled across the country, brought this book. She's, I don't know why, she just like randomly, why would you do this? She just randomly pulls up this like textbook and says, look what I found. <laughs> and it was Eden Energy Medicine textbook. And then she puts it away. Like, that's all I remember from the coffee. I was like, that's really weird. Why would she do that? So it just, I don't know. I just felt like all these little hints from the universe were like, it's time.
0: That's exactly how it works. The synchronicities just start to fall right into place where it's almost comical. It's almost, you know, it's not you you making it happen, that Mm -hmm. it's being orchestrated. And I think of some of those circumstances in my own journey, in my own path. And even to this day, things that happened decades ago, I'll shake my head and say, how did that happen? How did that get so divinely lined up? so that there's no way in hell I could ignore it, avoid it, or discount it. And I feel like the same thing has happened with you.
1: Yes, totally.
0: Is, and we're not saying that if you don't have those big synchronicities, it doesn't mean you're not supposed to be on the path. But my gut feeling is that it took something that extreme to get you to commit to saying, okay, I'm going to dive into this a little bit more.
1: Yes, um, because I am... As you say, very left brain. Everything should make sense. I feel a little bit out there, a little bit woo woo. I really love the mediumship, but I don't want to talk about it at school pickup. Oh, yeah, I'm a medium. <laughs> so I, feel like, I feel like this really serves my left brain, thinking that I can say I'm an energy worker and it's like more acceptable now. And I just feel like it, it was meant to be. And this goes
0: back to the training and that there is research, there's science to support what you're doing. There, Chinese medicine is fascinating in its own right because it goes back thousands of years. There's documentation, this this works. And, and I think to be able to have that to latch onto and then bring in your own intuition with that and blend them together is exactly what you're doing. Have you had any
1: weird things happen while you've been working on people? So just silly, weird things with the, with holding points in energy medicine, you just hold points and on their feet and things in their neck go boing and just release mm-hmm. totally. Wow. weird. Another woman who I, you're just holding points on their head and they are like completely thought it was better than a massage and so relaxed. Like they were talking about it for days, which is cool. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, But one really cool thing, which was maybe not so cool for her, but (laughs) when I'm working in the bioenergy, I tend to see ancestors come in. Weird things happen. So I was working on this one woman, working in her solar plexus, which is the area of control and holding on to things. In my mind's eye, I see this big guy come out, just come right out of her solar plexus. And I describe him to her afterwards. And I was like, you're going to think I'm crazy, but this is what I saw. And she started crying and she said, I've never told anybody this. And this guy hurt me when I was uh, a teenager. And this started everything, everything wow. has caused my life. A misery was from this guy. And she had never admitted to, even to her husband, like never told anyone. And wow. He- <laughs> so do you feel that that released
0: you seeing that energy being released was actual uh, a physical and an energetic. It almost feels like a combination between what people would refer to as a soul retrieval in that you brought back a piece of herself, but an extraction where you just took that right out.
1: Yeah, I would say more an extraction where he just,
0: yeah,
1: just kind of left.
0: And following up with her later, did it have a long- term impact after that energy left,
1: so i I followed up with her later. She was such a people pleaser that she had had him as a Facebook friend. Wow, <laughs> she, wow, lady. Uh, so she <laughs> <laughs> she was able to cut him off of Facebook and cut the thoughts off from him. so i I do believe it had a big impact,
0: okay what immediate flashed in my mind was she cut that energetic cord by breaking that link through Facebook or social media. Do you f- see that or feel that a lot in the work you're doing that you're releasing cords that are holding people stuck in the past situations?
1: Definitely. So bioenergy is pretty strict about what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to just focus on this thing, whatever. And I sometimes skew off the path because I feel like there's something over here and I and I just feel like there's a cord that needs to be taken mm-hmm. out. And a lot of the times the feedback is, I feel lighter. I haven't thought of this guy or this girl or whatever. I don't know. It's just an important part of releasing things that are tying you to emotional pain. Right. So they're still getting the benefit
0: of the energy work, the, the bio work. But then you're bringing in this other level of releasing even more than what might be addressed with just, if you had said strictly with. Right. Okay. It goes back to that outline of the person of where you sense the energy. So you might sense that they're coming in with saying, oh, I have old trauma from, I want to release this. It's in my solar plexus. And then you're finding out that there was, I'm making this up, some serious, maybe verbal emotional abuse that happened in the person that shows up somewhere else in their body and their throat chakra is closed or their inability to stand up for themselves. Right, yeah. This is so fascinating. And what I love about you and about the way you're describing this is it just seems no different than, it just seems normal. And I know normal is a a weird way to put it, But it's not airy fairy woo woo, and it's not so extreme. So you might have someone who may be very versed in this and have the vocabulary, and then you may have someone who has never had an experience like this. But they'll both benefit from what you have to offer.
1: Yes, I've done it on people who are very versed in it, and they they're like, "Oh, I see the energy coming through." Like (laughs) (laughs) they can see it in their mind eye. So, do you ever get people
0: that may be a little not resistant, but doubtful.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> My husband is one of them. So <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't let me do any bio on him because it was too woo woo for him. He lets me do the Eden method on him because he gets to lie on a massage table. <laughs> yeah. But for sure. Like I would say that young girl that came that felt all the energy She came in with her arms crossed. I don't know if this is going to work and whatever. My mom told me to come here. Like, I don't don't know what's (laughs) wrong with me. My mom told me to (laughs) come. She was a believer after that. She wanted to come back for another session after she was done her treatment. Do you
0: have any special things you have to do to take care of yourself after you work with people? Do you have to disconnect? Do you have to clear your, your energetic field? Do you go in being very grounded and protect yourself? Because I think when you're, I always use the example of if you work uh, with any kind of facial, if you're always in someone's crown chakra and you're a hairdresser or have a salon or do anything where you're in people's energetic field that close. So what do you do either prior to a session or after a session to take care of yourself?
1: I do both for a session. I will do what Donna Eden who's the founder of the Eden Energy Medicine program, she de- describes the daily energy routine. And so mm-hmm. I'll do that, which is basically tracing your meridians, and closing up to kind of protect your aura. And afterwards, this is, sounds funny, but it's called unzipping. So I'll just like unzip from my bottom lip down to my <laughs> huh, <laughs> And let everything go, like everything that does not serve me, go into the earth to be transmuted And then I'll zip back up and I'll clear off. I will also, so that's one thing I do. And then I will also, as I'm coming, I I don't know how to describe this, but when I'm coming back to myself, I almost go through like a screen where Mm -hmm. anything on the side of the screen just falls away.
0: Oh, that's nice. That's a good
1: one. Everybody's yucks that I've been pulling out just fall away into the earth.
0: Oh, I absolutely love that because I think doing the intensity of the work that you're talking about, it would be incredibly important. I love that image of the screen. That's a good one.
1: Mm -hmm. Because
0: I mean, I see a like a filter or I'll see a buffer zone or I'll see, I always shut down and then I push the energy, I clear my energy after I work with people. But those are really wonderful tips. Do you find that you have to stay especially grounded when you do that type of work?
1: Yes, I tend to be a pretty grounded person, anyway. For sure, there have been times where I can tell I'm not grounded because I start feeling dizzy, or but for sure, grounding is super important.
0: See, this has been so interesting to me because I think, a, you have such a, an amazing depth of knowledge about what you're speaking about, but you're also bringing in this calm. This you you explain it beautifully. And I can see where people would really benefit from working with you. Uh, where can people find you, Jody?
1: The best way to find me is through my website. So it's either jodygoddard.com or balanceandbliss.ca. <laughs> okay. And
0: Jody is in Alberta, Canada. So for those of you that would like an in person session, and you may be far away like I am, that might not be an option until you maybe at some point you'll be blessed to be up that way. Do you have any social media or any upcoming events that you'd like to share? Because I, I'm really hoping that people will reach out and your calmness and your centeredness and your, there's not a lot of woo, but you're so damn connected. And I it is, it's an odd mix. And I love that about you. But I also love that you've shared we we have that in common that we're really private people. We keep to ourselves. We don't share a lot about who we are on the behind the screen. And I think just the fact of this little snippet of the baboons and the travel and the energy work and the seeing gives people a more comprehensive picture of who you really are and what you're offering. So thank you.
1: You're welcome. If you can follow me on on Instagram at Jody G A I C, I tend to just share calm nature scenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're looking for something just to calm you down in, amongst your feed, that's what I my goal there is to do.
0: Beautiful. And people can book sessions right through your website? Yes. Okay, great. Jody has been very generous and for the listeners, she's offering a 20% off a distance bio session. If you'd like to do that, when you schedule, use the code paths to get that 20% off. And that will be a limited time offer, but it will be an experience that you'll be very grateful that you invested in this for yourself. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. And again, JodyGoddard.com, if you're interested in anything that she has to offer. And please remember that we all came with something that we have to offer, and You're no different than anybody else. Find what makes you you and share that with the world. We all need you right now. Take care.